0: Good morning. It's 8:30 on Friday, June 2nd. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the Department of Justice is touring Mississippi, asking how they can improve civil rights protections. Then, a new series by the Gulf States Newsroom asks, "What happens when a water leak causes your monthly bill to be more expensive than a car?" plus a community health event is seeking alternative ways to bridge the gaps in mississippi's health care system this is mississippi edition on mpb think radio U.S. Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark with the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division is touring Mississippi. She's asking communities about police abuses and potential violations of civil liberties. Her tour began in Lexington, where she spoke to a crowd of locals and community activists. Last April, the city's Board of Aldermen removed Police Chief Sam Dobbins from his position following a published recording by the Mississippi Center for investigative reporting. In it, Dobbins was heard using several racial slurs and bragging about how many people he'd killed in the line of duty. Clark says Mississippi has a long history of racial discrimination, a fight, she says, the DOJ continues today.
3: Unfortunately, we know that many problems from the past continue to beleaguer our nation today. And chief among them is the crisis that we face when it comes to hate crimes. Um, Hate and bigotry are sadly on the rise. We recently saw new FBI data which confirms that we're continuing to see a spike in hate crimes across our country. We are seeing uh, hate fueled by animists based on race, religion, sexual orientation, gender identity, and more. When this hatred turns to violence, that's when we step in. Here in Mississippi, last fall, we prosecuted a man named Axel Cox, who burned a cross in an attempt to force a black family out of their home. He gathered supplies from his residence, he put together a wooden cross in his front yard, and he propped it up so his black neighbors could see it before dousing it with motor oil and lighting it on fire. He used racial slurs. The message from this crime was clear. Burning a cross invokes the long and painful history, particularly in Mississippi, of intimidation and impending violence against black people. Mr. Cox pled guilty and was sentenced to 42 months in prison. Enforcing hate crimes is a top priority for us We believe that enforcing our hate crimes laws like the Matthew Shepard and James Byrd Hate Crimes Prevention Act sends a strong message to those who are affected and to the broader community that they are valued, that their communities are important, and that the federal government will not stand by idly as victims are targeted. This work is difficult and agonizing, but it makes a difference and we're going to continue to prioritize this work in the road ahead.
0: Clark also shared her expectations to bring more police accountability and improve conditions inside of prisons. Last year, a civil rights organization filed a lawsuit on behalf of local black residents against officials in Lexington, calling for a federal investigation. But even after the dismissal of Chief Dobbins, residents like Leroy Seacrest say the pattern of police abuse has continued.
4: They pull you over, they pull you, they they stop you You for no reason. (laughs) They talk to you bad, they curse you or whatever. And if, just to get you to say anything back to them or, you know, ask a question, anything, just to have a reason to beat you or do something to you and put charges on you. And so they put charges on me. They they took me to jail, took my son to jail. And um, they towed my vehicle, they took my firearm. And I was also injured in that incident. I couldn't get no medical help. I had to wait till I got out of jail to go to the hospital. And I'm just getting back up on my feet. And this, this right here, is what makes for three weeks now, where I'm able to move around again because of what they did. And um, they tried to. They wouldn't give me no bond at first. Uh, the chief wouldn't give me a bond. He uh, said I had to see the judge first before I can get, even get a bond. And in some kind of way. My wife stayed on and called around, and they, they went on and gave me a bond that night. And it was, it was it was a bad experience, trust me. It was a real bad experience. Seacrest
0: says the firearm confiscated by Lexington police was lawfully obtained and legally in his possession. Among the other community members who came to share accounts of abuse was Cardell Wright, president of the Holmes County Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party. He tells our Michael McEwen it will take a lot of work to break apart racism within the state's police forces.
2: Once we had the last chief, Sam Dobbins, I think he emboldened a lot of this behavior. And so even once he left, they started to keep it up because he was targeting people. He would be beating people up. It was just so much. He tried to lock me up as well as an activist. But I think that's when it started. Like it took off right around George Floyd. I don't know if that created some hatred or some anger within people, but that's when it, it has reached the peak that we're at now. But before then, it was here and there. You won't see too much because we've had some good police officers back in the day. Me growing up, I've seen some good police departments. Not an issue. They do what's right by you. But it's, it's in the last three or four years, this has changed. It has gotten worse, considerably worse. Even with the... Um, Confederate statue, we, we've been dealing with that for three years. It's on the west side of the courthouse lawn on the square. We got, they won't move it. They won't remove it. They, they're they saying about the Confederate families being here and that they want it up. So we, we're fighting with them.
0: How do you think that, I,
1: I guess, a listening session like this, how do you think it can help?
2: It can help because any type of listening session, if you have people that's really willing to do what's right and to stand up for you and defend you, it can go well. The problem is, is in our experience, whenever we have dealt with agencies, it never went at where we wanted it to go. But I believe that under this current administration, they, I believe that they mean business. I just, I'm, I'm just, I don't know about the timing of everything in terms of how long will this take? What are you looking for? When would the follow-up be? Because right now, it's like everybody goes back home to where they are, but we still have to be here, and so it's an urgency. And it, honestly, a state of emergency need to be declared for Holmes County with the state that it's in, um, the jail, and the different police department, as well as our elected officials. I think I think it's a good it's a good thing, and I think. Um, the u.s attorney's office and the civil rights division they did listen i think they're going to do well but you know there's still some hesitancy there on what would this look
4: like
1: uh you said that you're an activist here in holmes county and you're dealing with a lot of these issues do you ever worry at all about yourself and what your activism what attention it might bring on to you what that might mean for some of these things that you're pushing against working
0: against
2: yeah i do um Especially ever since the Confederate statue, we started with this Confederate statue in 2020, I have had reports of groups of people, particularly um, white races here in the county, that have put hits out on me. I've um, had people to constantly tell me to go get a bulletproof vest or change your route when you come back. Because the day after we protested for the Confederate statue, I got pulled over by the state troop the next day. Um, and the, after I protested, I was told to change your route because they're looking at you because of what you're doing. the next day I did get pulled over. So do I think about it? I do. Am I afraid? I don't. And the reason why I'm not afraid of it is because I know what my four parents had to go through to get us to this point. And so I think it's my turn, since I have taken over the Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party as the leader, to put myself on the line for my community.
0: Cardell Wright is with the Holmes County Mississippi Freedom Democratic Party. The city of Lexington has a population of roughly 1,800 people, nearly 80 percent of whom are black. The DOJ's tour continues in Indianola today, then it goes to Louisiana. Coming up, a water leak causes a monthly bill to surge beyond the price of a used car. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. From children's education to gripping drama, documentaries to comedy, MPB Television brings the world to Mississippi. With local stories, cooking, health, and music, MPB Television takes Mississippi to the world. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. The Gulf States Newsroom is starting a Utility Bill of the Month series where we look at what's going wrong with our utilities one bill at a time. This month, the Gulf States Newsroom's Stephen Basaha brings us the story of a water bill as expensive as a car and why the technology that could have prevented it isn't commonplace in the Gulf South. For
1: two months, Will Taylor was a nervous wreck, checking his phone every day and refreshing his account page for Birmingham Waterworks. And one day about 10 o'clock, I reload the water, the water boards page and I see this bill and I'm just like, oh, oh, no, oh, no. Last year, Will and his partner, Megan Taylor, had just rented a townhouse in a Birmingham suburb. They were saving up to buy their own home when the plumber they hired to fix a leaky showerhead came back with a bigger problem.
5: He just saw the water meter like circling itself, like the you could actually see the needle on it going round and round and round.
1: Turns out they had a really bad leak on their side of the property line. The bill eventually arrives, of course, a month late. First on Wo's phone, then in the mail.
5: So we we got this bill. This bill right in front of you. This, it's a bad I'm, day. I'm reading it's the very bill. Bad day. Um, it says total account balance nineteen thousand five hundred twenty-six dollars and fifty-seven cents
1: enough water had leaked to more than fill an Olympic-sized swimming pool. They suspect it went into a storm drain, so they never noticed. Suddenly, their dreams of saving up for their own house seemed a lot farther with a $20,000 bill over their heads. After weeks of phone calls and emails, Birmingham Waterworks did agree to cut the bill down. So that came out to be $3,976.65. Which is still a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's still a lot of money. <laughs> lot of money. <laughs> it is still a lot of money. Now, look, the leak was on their side of the property, and the utility did cut the cost. So you can make a case Birmingham Waterworks did everything it should here. I don't disagree. I mean, honestly, I, I think that what they did was fair. But Will and Megan say the utility should have had some way to detect the leak way before it got to that point. If there was some sort of smart reader in place that could tell you... Hey, Will, uh, you're using 10 times more water this month than you were last month. Is everything okay? Something like that could have prevented this way before 800,000 gallons of water had gone down the drain. And that thing already exists. Smart water meters automatically keep track of and transmit how much water a house uses, and water experts say that could have helped here. Tech like that is common for tracking things like power. I could pull up my email and read a message about how much electricity I used yesterday. But for water, the norm is still having a worker physically go to each house and read the water meter box. Water is, I don't know, let's just say 10 years behind electricity. And so there's... Alan Berthold is the interim director at the Texas Water Resources Institute. He says smart water meters are just a lot harder to do than monitoring electricity. Unlike an electric meter, water meters are usually underground, sometimes with a metal lid, making it harder to send a signal out. The other thing is power. And obviously with an electric meter, you have power. When you have a water meter, it's underground, it's battery powered, and you have to have a strong enough battery to be able to get the signal out. Look, these problems, they don't make smart metering impossible, just expensive. And lots of water providers have been hurting financially for a long time. Still, advocates say they save money in the long run with more accurate billing and less manpower. But things can and have gone wrong with smart meters like they did in Jackson,
3: Mississippi. Jackson settles with Siemens over the water billing crisis. So
1: it's 2013 and Jackson hires the water infrastructure company Siemens to install new smart meters and a billing system to go with it. But after the installs, lots of customers either saw their bills go missing or they were just wrong and absurdly high. The city won a $90 million settlement, but Jackson said the cost of the scandal was several times more than that. So not a good early showing for smart meters in the Gulf South. But that's the exception, not the rule, according to Alex Ukopolis. He's a private water infrastructure investor, and he says the tech has proven itself by now. And lots of big city water providers have been quickly switching over. I mean, you have to be. It's like if I sat here and told you, you know, stop using Netflix, let's go back to using a VCR. Smart metering and use usage of censoring is sort of a no brainer. As for Megan and Will Taylor, despite the nearly $4,000 water bill setback, they were recently able to buy a beautiful new home surrounded by big trees.
5: And it has a septic tank, which we're so thrilled.
1: Septic tank over sewage fees. While they still get their water from the utility, they'd rather give Birmingham Waterworks as little money as possible.
5: I don't want them to stop sending clean water to my house. I'm very grateful for that. But I would also just like to have as little... To do with the actual service, the public service as possible.
1: Now, Birmingham Waterworks is talking about switching over to smart meters, and New Orleans Water Utilities says it's slowly making that switch over the next three years. For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Stephen Basaha.
0: That story was the first in the Gulf States Newsroom's new Utility Bill of the Month series. To share your own story, visit us at mpbonline.org and search for Utility Bill of the Month. The Gulf States Newsroom is a collaboration between Mississippi Public Broadcasting and public media stations in Alabama and Louisiana. Coming up, health organizations are working together to bridge the gaps in Mississippi's healthcare system. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.
1: You know that feeling when you walk into a room and everybody's already laughing? That feeling like you missed something? Luckily, you don't have to feel that ever again. If you miss a broadcast don't worry you can listen back to it later wherever you find your podcasts all our shows are posted to spotify apple podcasts youtube and more including mpb online and through our mpb public media app so you can hear all your favorite voices on demand whenever wherever you like check it out and you'll never have to miss the punchline again discover everything mpb think and mpb music radio have to offer with just the sound of your own voice ask for the one you want by name For news, great storytelling, humor, games, and more, say Smart Speaker, play MPB Think Radio. For musical selections ranging from a dozen genres, from classical to bluegrass, jazz to adult alternative, say Smart Speaker, play MPB Music Radio. Tuning in is easier than ever. Just ask for the one you want by name. Say Smart Speaker, play MPB Think Radio.
0: This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Mississippi has some of the most severe health outcomes in the nation, which research links to the state's low use of preventative medicine. To bridge the gap, health organizations are working together to meet underserved communities where they are through targeted health screening events. LaTanya Lyles with Shared Health Mississippi says many people can fall through the cracks because of the high costs of health care.
5: We believe the importance of investing in our local communities, um, especially across the state of Mississippi, which are our group of people that we that we focus on, which is the dual eligible special needs community. So that's individuals that have both Medicare and Medicaid um, that, that are not able to afford adequate health care. Our 401 debit card has really uh, been able to help a lot of people across the state from the Delta area, especially from Jefferson Davis, um, even to the coastal areas here in Mississippi.
1: Can you talk about what services you'll be providing again specifically? I believe y'all mentioned stuff like checking for diabetes and COVID tests. Yes,
5: of course. We will have about 12 health care providers that will be there we will provide essential screenings for uh, those who are at risk for developing diabetes. Um, we will also offer the, offer the COVID vaccine, 19 um, vaccinations. We will have a couple of dentists from the local area that will be there. We will provide uh, additional screenings uh, for high blood pressure as well. So we'll have multiple doctors there. We'll also be, you know, providing some live entertainment some food and games for those that attend. I know we'll have a couple food trucks that are there, so I'm excited about that. We had this event last year. It was really well. We, we took our time and we planned it, but this year I think we'll people will be really pleased if they have time to stop. Just We're just able, we're thrilled to be able to support the organization needs as well, because I know that Hill has done a lot of work across Jackson, so we just want to make sure that we can meet the needs of the most vulnerable in our, in our state.
1: What do you think the importance is of holding events like this to get people out to have them do these basic checks that could identify serious problems that would fester down the lines?
5: It aligns with our mission, which is to help make health care more accessible to Mississippians, uh, you know, no matter what their level of income is. if Sometimes people aren't able to get out and go to the doctor. So when we provide events like this, it gives them the accessibility to you know, if they're right in the neighborhood, hey, i just step out the door. We're going have, to have vendors there. we we'll have food. You know, some people don't even have enough money. They don't have adequate transportation to get to the doctor. And so just being able to be visible, to let them see, hey, this is what we're here for. It's not costing you a thing.
0: Um, is there anything
1: else we haven't touched on that you'd like to share with Mississippians? Or looking into the future, are there things that Mississippians should be aware of, maintaining their health or having a way to access care if they are struggling?
5: Just know that, you know, one of the, one of the greater things is to know that you're not alone. You know, if, if there need if there are some things that you need, there are organizations like Share Health and like HEAL that do provide those services at no cost to you. And even if you if you have money and you you have it all the adequate funds to get what you need, sometimes there, you know, there are other things that we probably can assist with that also won't cost you. Just just to have someone to to give you the resources, just you know, hey, I I have Social Security, I don't have Medicaid, I've never applied for Medicaid. Just today, we met with effective um client and they were making eleven hundred dollars a month. Well, they qualified for Medicaid and didn't know. And so just from us being at that event and at that location, we were able to guide them. No, they didn't qualify for our plan at that moment because they didn't have Medicare and Medicaid. But the educator and the broker that we had there, they were able to assist them with with giving them the steps and the tools that they needed to get to the Medicaid office. This is what you need when you go. This is what you need to take.
0: But Tanya Lyles is with Shared Health Mississippi. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.